Today is one of the most important days of our church. It's probably one of my most favorite, and it's probably one of your least favorite. Um, Because today, uh, I, with all of my wonderful persuasion skills, try to convince you to get off of the sidelines and to get uh, off of the bench and to get involved uh, in one church. Just to let you know, they are locking the doors so that you cannot escape. And um, But I'll tell you, what's so cool about everything that you've seen here is that eight months ago, none of this existed. Uh, when we launched September 9th, we launched with 35 people that was committed to doing a different type of church. When we launched one church seven months ago, eight months ago, uh, we launched it thinking, you know what, Clarksville really doesn't need another church. Many of you, when you drove here, you passed by seven or eight churches on your way to even get here. So uh, Clarksville really doesn't need another church, but what we want to do is we want to create an irresistible environment where people, where unchurched people, people who have not been to church before, or people that have been to church and said, I'm not going back, to be able to come and enjoy themselves and for them to be able to stick for them to be able to enjoy it. And as they come to these environments, whether it be a one-way street environment, which which happens uh, during the adult worship time or adult worship time, that they start, that these environments start changing their mind about really what church is about and really who God is. And uh, uh, our, our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we do that by creating these environments. Um, I tell you, we want to be a church where unchurched people enjoy coming. We want to be a church where uh, people that have been out of church in, for 20 years can say, you know what, you know, I kind of liked it and I'll be back. And since then, this is so cool, we've grown from 35 people to over 400 people in the past seven months. That right there, I mean, it's just a praise. It's so wonderful. And l- let me tell you, What's so exciting about that is even more important than that is we've had over 100 people indicate that they are beginning a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is awesome. Let let me tell you what success for us as a church is. Success for us has never been filling uh, up a room or building a building or putting people in rows and listening to one speaker. We never have celebrated just full rooms at one church. Because we know that is not where just where life change takes place. What we celebrate is individual by individual by individual. We celebrate individuals who come to God. We celebrate those emails that we get when people say, you know what, uh, I'm coming back to church and I've not been to church in forever. But man, I came, I enjoyed it, I liked it. Um, and that's the reason why we're so excited about one church. So before you start collecting your things... and and leaving, let me just say this, that God is doing some great things. Success for us is about a 35-year-old lady who has been out of church for a long time, and somebody has invited her, invited her, invited her to a church that's meeting in a movie theater, a movie theater. And after the 12th or 13th time, she wakes up one Sunday morning and she says, okay, I'm going to try this church meeting in a movie theater. So she shows up. Somebody really friendly opens the door for him, opens the door for her, and she's like, why are these people so friendly? And they look normal, 
in, their eyes are not glazed over and they're not twitching, you know. And I mean, she's saying, well, are, people, are normal people really this happy? And is this a cult or what's going on here? And, she, and there's donuts. And she gets about six donuts, and she uh, she she gets uh, some cup of coffee, and she sits in. She sits in this place, and she starts. You know, this is not the church the way I remember church when I was in second grade. And uh, and there's she's sitting here, and the music starts. It's like wow, I enjoy the music, and the preacher is kind of jacked up, but I kind of enjoy the message as well. And she doesn't really buy into everything that we talked about, but she leaves this place saying, you know what? I liked it. That was fun. And I would probably be back. That's success for us. Success for us is the 25-year-old uh, soldier who just who just got back from Iraq, who the, the military culture and past memories have eaten him alive. He doesn't have healthy relationships. He's, he feels like he's alone in the world. And he comes back off of this tour, and he is just struggling. And he's been out of church for so long, and he shows up, and literally, right when he walks in the room, he feels something, and he sits down, and his eyes start tearing up, and it hadn't even started yet. And he starts thinking, you know, maybe, maybe I found a place to connect. Maybe I'm home. He gets home, and he calls his mom and dad, and he says, Mom and Dad, you'll never believe what I did today. And they're going, oh, I would even hate to think. And he says, no, it's not like that. I went to church. And there's silence on the other end of that line. And that mom and dad start to cry because they've been praying for him to come back to church, to reconnect with God. And we've been able to partner with a mom and dad who's thousands of miles away through your sacrifices of your time and your energy. That's success for us. Success for us is the kid who wakes their parents up on Sunday morning saying, I want to go to church. I want to go to one-way street. I want to experience what you just experienced here. I want to know about joy. I want to know about making wise choices. And they, they said, Mom, come on. We're going to be late. I want to be at church. That's success for us. We celebrate that on Monday evenings at our staff. We celebrate the emails and letters and phone calls. We celebrate individual by individual when people connect with other believers through starting point or through a community group. That they start beginning that relationship, that journey to get to know God. We celebrate that. We get excited about that. The reason, what, the reason why we've grown over the past eight months, let me just tell you, this is the secret. It's not because of any one person. And it's not because of any one program. The reason why we've grown is because people just like you have said, you know what, I'm not educated for this. I really don't know how to do this. I'm not the perfect person for this. But you know what I'm willing to do? I'm willing to give and donate some of my most valuable commodity. Yeah, I've been putting money in the money plate, but even more valuable than that, I'm willing to donate my time. I'm willing to give my time, and I'm willing to take, give a little bit an hour or two hours a week on Sunday to get up early, to set up chairs, to tear them down. To put, I'm willing to give my time and overlay that with the strategy of one church. And look what God has done. And it is because of God, and it's because of you, because of your willingness to serve. September 9th, we started with 35 people. 
35 people saying, I'm willing to do this. And those people, every one of them had multiple hats. Some people were singing on the praise team while uh, also changing babies, which is kind of a, a, difficult because when you're singing, you're up here and change your babies in there. But, you know, we, we bring that stuff up front. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, here we go. Anyway, I mean, everybody was wearing different hats. And since then, like I said, the Lord has grown us. And what's so cool is that we no longer have just 35 volunteers. We have tons of volunteers. We have tons of people that said, you know what, I'm willing to get involved. I'm willing to get up off the bench, and I'm willing to get in the game. Put me in, coach. I'm ready. I'm ready. That's, so, that's just so awesome that we've had that buy-in with that. And you start asking some of you, well, why would people volunteer at a church? I mean, isn't people who volunteer for church, isn't that for retired people? Isn't that for people who, uh, who need a friend? Uh, is, now, why do you volunteer to church? Is it because you did something really, really bad in your past and you're trying to tip the scales a little bit? Is that? And I, the answer is no. In fact, we're going to ask and answer that question. Why do people do what they do? Why do people come and give of their most valuable commodity, which is time? Why do they do that week in and week out? We have so many different people involved here at One Church. We have homemakers. We have school teachers, we have policemen, we have firemen, we have soldiers, both enlisted and officers. We have surgeons, we have, uh, um, we have a dental hygienist, uh, we have dental surgeons, uh, we have uh, lawyers, we have uh, uh, the district attorneys involved in our church, so you better shape up, people. I mean, we, we got entrepreneurs, we've got people who own their own business, all right? We got people, we got people from all walks of life. Why do they do that? Why do they show in, show up week in and week off and say, you know what, here I am, use me. Here I am, use me. Man, I, I, and, and, again, if you've been here any amount of time, you appreciate these people. I mean, you like being able to come to church and hand off your eight-month-old or your second grader and say, you know what, I know that they're getting good care where they're at. You so appreciate people like that. I appreciate people like that. But you start asking, well, are, why? Why do they do that? And are they just not busy? And the answer is yes, they are busy. They're just like you. The ordinary people, just like you, who are busy, who are trying to make ends meet, they're just like you. And at the end of today, I'm going to invite you to join, to join the most wonderful team of volunteers here in this, in this community. It's at one church. Now, the reason why is it works. The reason why the church has grown over the past 2,000 years is the principle that I'm going to be sharing with you today. And in fact, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 14. If you don't have your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen. And uh, we're going to be sharing how the early church for the past 2,000 years have, has grown and grown and grown. So let's look at it. Let's dig in. Matthew chapter 14 Verse 13, all right? Let me tell you what happened right before this. Jesus had a cousin, all right, named John. John, his nickname was John the what? Baptist, which means John the Washer. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. It was not like he was a Presbyterian or a Methodist or Baptist. That's not what it is. He got that nickname because he was baptizing people, all right? So John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, has recently been murdered. He's been executed, all right? So he's dead, and Jesus is in mourning. Jesus is very sad. Verse 13 says this. 
Jesus withdrew. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing this, the crowds followed him on foot to the towns. So Jesus is cutting across the end of the lake, saying, okay, I'm really wanting to spend some time alone. I'm mourning my cousin. This. So he, he gets in this boat. He's cut across the end of the lake, and the crowds see this boat, and they see him along the shoreline, so they just walk along the shoreline, and wherever he lands, that's where he's going to be. So, so Jesus starts to realize, you know what, I'm not going to get a lot of peace right now. So what happens, verse 14, when they, Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them. That's so cool, because Jesus loved the people. The people loved Jesus. He had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. Jesus, although he's very tired, and he's in mourning, he's sad about his cousin being killed, he goes right back into ministry mode. People start lining up, wanting Jesus to fix them and to touch their needs and all of this stuff. Verse 15. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and be by themselves to buy themselves some food. All right? So it's getting late. The sun is setting. There's, as we're going to see a little bit later, there are thousands of people. This is just not like 10 or 15 people. There are thousands of people there. I mean, think about it. If you knew that if you could get just within arm's length of Jesus and he would fix your problems, wouldn't you want to be around him? <laughs> you betcha. All right? If you could just get around Jesus and you could touch him, that he could heal the thing that you've been struggling with for years, that he could heal something physical in you or maybe even something spiritual or maybe even heal relationships. I mean, if you could get around somebody like that, you would. In fact, you would tell your friends, and they would get around them. And that's what happened. You have these thousands of people. So whenever Jesus went, everybody, these thousands of people, would come out of these towns, and they would want to be around Jesus. So now you have thousands and thousands of people in the middle of nowhere. All right. So this is like Palmyra. All right. Anyway, uh, the sun is going down. The disciples interrupt Jesus. Are you from Palmyra? All right. The disciples interrupt Jesus because he is totally in ministry mode. I mean, he is, I mean, he is healing people. He's talking to them. He's, he's meeting their needs. He's touching them. And the disciples say, hey, uh, Jesus, you've got to send these people away. They're needy. I mean, they, they, they need all this food, and we can't feed them. And you know what? You're going to have to send them away because they have been following you. They didn't come here prepared to, to eat, much less sleep. You, you need to do something about this. All right? Uh, I don't know what motivated the disciples to do that. Maybe they were hungry themselves. Maybe they were tired. Maybe they realized that Jesus was tired. But the disciples, their little uh, snippet of information is, leave them alone, send them away. (laughs) Wonderful people, these disciples. Um, All right, verse 16. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. This is where the drama begins. Sun setting, no food, thousands of families. These people have followed them from one place to another to another, and they got no food. Um, Jesus doesn't argue with them and say, you know what, they don't need to eat. Jesus says, you know what, you're right. They do need to eat, disciples. Nobody is arguing about the need. Nobody is arguing about the issue. The problem is, how is it going to happen? How are these people going to be fed? 
Jesus says they don't need to go away to eat. He looks at his 12 followers. He says, you feed them. You feed them. You do it. And immediately, they think what all of us have thought for one time or another, but not on their scale, is this. Uh, I'm not arguing with the need, but I can't do that. I can't do that. I don't have what it takes. I don't have the resources. I'm not capable of that, Jesus. You're going to have to come up with a different plan because I don't have what it takes. Yeah, I'm not arguing with you. They should be fed, yes, but I can't do it. And you're telling me for me to feed them? Jesus goes on in verse 17. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. Five loaves of loaf of bread, if you're in the south, and two fish. Don't know what type of fish, bluegill, walleye, doesn't really matter. Catfish, if you're in the south, catfish. All right. Um, all right. They got five loaves of bread and two fish. In other words, we don't have what it takes. We're, again, we're not arguing about the need. We're not arguing about We just we don't have what we need in order to be able to accomplish this task. You're going to have to come up with a different plan. Verse 18, Jesus says this. Bring them here to me, he said. Jesus says, give me that. Hand that over. Let me see what you have there. Bring me everything you have. Bring me everything to the fullness of your capacity. Let me touch what you think is not enough to get the job done. Verse 19. Imagine this scene. And Jesus directed the people to sit down on the grass. (laughs) Everybody have a seat. What did he say? I think he wants everybody to sit down. Okay, so everybody sits down on the grass. All right? They're all sitting down. Jesus is standing here. Can y'all pretend with me? Y'all are the 12 disciples, all right? So you're facing Jesus. And by the way, I am a poor representation of Jesus, just to let you know that. All right. But hey, I'm up here selling. So I'm Jesus. You're the 12 disciples, and you have thousands of people behind you. Thousands. All right? Everybody got it? All right. So let's keep on going. Um, and the disciples are like looking over the shoulder like, what is he going to come up with? Verse 19, then taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, Jesus gives thanks and broke the loaves, and then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples, now black that screen out if you would, and the disciples what? And uh, think about this. You're the 12, all right? Five loaves of bread, two fish. And he breaks all of this up so that all 12 of you have something. So... Peter is over here, Andrew's over here, Bartholomew's over here, John, James. Uh, They're all over here, and Jesus breaks it up, and he gives this little piece to you. What do you do with it? I mean, Andrew's like, do I eat this? Do I, I mean, what what do you want me to do? Uh, Peter, what do you got? I got a fish head. Really? Uh, well, John, what do you have? I have the middle of a piece of loaf of bread, about that big. Oh, what do you want me to do with this, Jesus? I, I, I'm not going to turn around. We're going to have an angry mob on our hands. I'm, I, 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 what I got is not enough. I, 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 what I got, I'm not capable of doing this. I, I, it's not enough. And John said, well, you turn around first, Peter. Peter says, I ain't turning around first. All right. 
what happens? And the disciples, look what it says. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. Here's the principle. This is the reason why the church over the past 2,000 years has grown, and this is the reason why one church has grown over the past seven to eight months. And I can't even overstate this principle enough. I probably cannot communicate this clearly enough. I can't even hound this enough. Here in this moment is a principle that God has used throughout the history of the past 2,000 years to grow the church. And this is what it is. The disciples took what they had, and they did with what they had what they knew to do. And somehow, Jesus, God, intervened with the little that they had, and God did what only God could do, and something miraculous happened. Let me restate it a little bit simpler in our big idea for this morning, and it's this. They did what they knew to do, and then Jesus did what only he could do. They knew what they needed to do. Okay, I'm going to begin to pass out this fish head or the fishtail or the middle of this loaf of bread. I'm going to pass this piece of fish. I'm going to pass out this piece of bread. I know to do that. I know how to pass something out. They did what they knew to do, And Jesus somehow intervened in a way that we don't quite understand. And Jesus did what only he could do. This is how you and I got here today. I mean, I don't know your story. I don't know your personal background. But let me tell you, a part of somehow, sometime in your past, somebody invited you to church. They got you involved in a Bible study. They facilitated a, a conversation through starting point. Or they, um, they answered some questions for you. Um, they, they did something that if you're looking back on you'd say, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't that miraculous. You know, angels did not come out of heaven and go, Hoo! you know, they didn't do that. All right. They just did something normal, ordinary. They did something. They did what they knew to do. Something small. And God took that little small thing that they did in your past, and you look back and you say, God did what only God could do. Now I'm passionate about the Bible. Now I'm passionate about God. Now I'm growing, and and spiritually I'm just so excited about what's happening and everything that's happening. I mean, you're excited, and you can't explain it. And the people that helped you, they can't take credit for it because God intervened and did what only He could do. Somebody or somebody's in your past, what they did is they did what they knew to do. And God did what only God could do. And that's the reason you're here this morning. God began to influence your heart. He began to change your heart. He began to give you a hunger for things you've never been hungry for. He's began to grow in you a passion. Something got sparked. I think... That's how the church began in the beginning. And that's how this church began. Look at verse 20. You know how it ends. The massive crowd, verse 20 says, They all ate and were what? Satisfied. How do you feel when you get finished at the Cracker Barrel? Yes, Lord. Satisfied. All right? Uh, How do you feel when you go to a restaurant of your liking and after a Sunday meal you push back from the table and you pat your belly and you go, yes, Lord. All right? You're satisfied. They all ate. Thousands. 
of them ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Here's what we need for you to do this morning. It's very, it's quite simple. Because the Lord has grown us, and it's He is the one that's doing the growing, He and you, by your volunteering your time, we need 100 people today to say, you know what, I'm willing to get up off the sidelines, and I'm willing to get involved. We need people, many of you, who are not involved in any ministry to say, you know what, I'm willing to stand up, and you know what, I'm not educated for this. I'm too busy for this. I'm an ordinary Joe or ordinary Jill. I don't have what it takes, but that's the whole point. Because if you can do what you know to do, God will intervene and He will do what only He can do, and the results will, will be miraculous. We need some of you men to be able to volunteer to be involved with fourth and fifth grade boys in One Way Street. After they do this program, they break up into small groups. And, they, and you go through and you sit down and you talk with them about joy and about what they just experienced. You pray for them weekly. We need men to be able to say, I'm willing to stand in the gap. for. I'm willing to be a part of that small group of, of young boys. And no, I don't have a seminary education, but you don't need one. You just do what you know you can do and leave the rest up to God. We need some, some women to be able to say, I'm willing to work with second graders in one-way street, and I'm willing to be a, a, a one of the teachers up here. I'm willing to do what Kevin did in being able to uh, do such a great job of being goofy, and Kevin does a great job of that, all right? We, we need people to say, I'm willing to be involved in my children's lives. Uh, and we need some men who are willing to start with fifth or sixth grade boys and move up with them every grade. Because our goal here at One Church is to keep people together for as long as you want to stick with them and they want to stick with you. So year after year, you're fifth and sixth grade and you're a small group, and then you go into student ministry. There's something to say about longevity. There's something to say about that. It's our goal to have the same small group leaders working with our children every Sunday morning. Uh, because we want to keep people together. We want, we want to help you leave a legacy. And I'm just going to warn you. I'm just going to warn you up front. What starts as an obligation just might become a passion. What starts as an obligation, well, Chris just bugged me and daggum, and my wife was elbowing me, and I've got to do this. I promise you, what starts as an obligation just might become a passion. And you can look back over the years of your life, and you can say, I had an impact in this person's life, in this person's life, in this person's life, because I chose to get up off the sidelines to get involved. You know, uh, we need some of you involved in our student ministry. we got great things happening in our student ministry. Y'all know how teens are. They're not human. They're not normal. All right? I mean, when they grow up and they hit their teenage years, they stop listening to mom and dad many times. And you know what? Here's the cool thing about it. You get to be the mouthpiece. You get to be God's mouthpiece to help them direct through and navigate those really hard times of life. You get to partner with those parents to help train them and to teach them. We need some couples to stand at doors. How many of y'all got greeted when you got in here this morning? How many of the, the people who greeted you were halfway nice? All right, wonderful. Say, all right. 
We need people like that to say, you know what? I'm willing, I can open a door. I can do that. Uh, and, and we need something. And this is the whole point of the whole greeters because the sermon begins in the parking lot. You know, you get prepared for what happens in here out there. I mean, think about I mean, one of the things we're wanting to start eventually do is we want to create a parking ministry team. Not because we've got to navigate people so that they can park. Think about it. So that, that when that lady whose husband is deployed comes with three preschool children and her husband's in Iraq and she tries getting out of the car and she has the, the, the baby seat, she has the two rug rats at her feet, she's got diaper bags, she can't possibly care at all. And we got a guy that comes up and says, can I help you with that? She already likes the church. The sermon might stink, but she already likes the church. Why? Because somebody was willing to be Jesus with skin on and help a lady to the door. And you think, well, that doesn't take much. You're right. You do what you can do, and God will intervene, and God will do what only he can do. I can tell you my story. It's just pretty simple, to be honest with you. My story started, I grew up here in Clarksville, and um, I came to know Jesus at an early age at a, at a church downtown. And uh, I remember uh, getting in middle school, and, uh, you know, I, I remember Mark and Beverly Briggs. She, uh, they were my Sunday school teachers. And uh, um, I remember hanging out with them, and they loved on me. And I was not really interested in Sunday school. I mean, number one, it's school. I mean, who ever thought of putting school and Sunday together? Ugh, I mean, I, who wants to go to school six days a week? All right, all right, that's you. All right, whatever. Praise Jesus. All right, but I mean, at least we don't call it school, right? We call it small groups or whatever. But I mean, I wasn't very interested. I was very hard to lead. I mean, I was a middle schooler, all right? And I show up, and Mark and Beverly loved on me. And they called me during the week when I wasn't there. And they, they got involved in my life. Um, I can never tell you today what Mark or Beverly said to me. But they had an impact on me. People like Mark and Beverly Briggs. And there's people, so many other people like that in my life. Mark and Beverly Briggs, David Dabbs, uh, Rosamund Briggs, Danny Brier, Paul Eric Gullett, Gail Cartwright. Some of you know these names. Some of you don't. You're like, I don't care. But I care. Because they help me get to where I was to where I'm at today. They helped me. And I, my first 12 years of my ministry was in student ministry. Me and my wife working with students and working with middle schoolers and high schoolers and having small groups at our house and hanging out at the Waffle House at ungodly hours of the night and, uh, and being able to just work with it. And after a while you start thinking, did I, did I really make a difference? You know, just hanging out with these kids. And, did I really make... And looking back, some of those kids are involved in this church today. Is it because of me? No. Because of God. Because I did what I knew to do, and sometimes I didn't feel like it was enough. I didn't feel like it was making an impact. And God showed up, and He intervened, and He did what only He could do. And people's lives are changed. No, it doesn't seem like a lot, but I'm telling you, Sometimes it doesn't have to be. God doesn't need a lot of something to do something big with. He doesn't need that. So I'm, my challenge for you today is this. What are you going to do? Are you going to leave here and say, 
I ain't never coming back to that church here, boy. But you're going to say, you know what? I'm willing to get involved. I don't have it all together. And there are some of you, and let me say this, if you are, if you are already involved, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for leading media and running sound and working with the praise team and working with the children's ministry and working with the youth and working with the greeters and working with the connect ministry. Thank you so very much. This doesn't happen without you guys. Because the reason why we've grown is not because of one program or one person. It's because of God in you. God in you. Some of you, uh, you've been involved in children's ministry as an assistant. You may need to step it up and say, you know what, Ashley, I'm willing to be a teacher. I'm willing to be a teacher. No, I don't have it all together. And to be honest with you, Chris, I'm having a hard time finding the book of Matthew, but I will try. I will do it. Here's the great thing. We're going to equip you. We're going to train you. One of the things that we've, we've worked on quite a bit over the past couple of months is equipping and training our volunteers, and we want to continue doing that. We're not just going to throw you in into the deep end of the pool and say, See ya! Not going to do that. We're going to equip you. We're going to train you. We're going to see if there's any issues. And if you have any questions, you can contact uh, your, the, the person who's involved in that ministry. Um, but we need you to be involved. If you're a parent and you like bringing your kids to church, I'm encouraging you to, to get involved to get involved. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, God willing, the lights will come on. If they don't, wait a minute, I'm going to think really hard. All right, hopefully they'll come on. If not, I want you to take out your communication card. Everybody take it out. All right. I need to hear rustling. All right. All right, take out your communication card, and I want you to turn to the back of that card. All right. And I want to, I want to show you some of the ways that you can be involved. Um, greeters. All right, that's opening the doors. That's uh, setting up and tearing down ministry environments out there. That's handing out a program, putting out pins. Um, that is helping with the offering, uh, the greeter team. If you want to be involved in the greeter team, I want you to circle two on here. I want you to circle two, your top two, if you're not involved. So greeters. In fact, the, 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 uh, Bob Key, who's in charge of the greeters, is going to be out by Guest Central afterwards so that if you want to meet this dude, you can. His name says Bob Key, greeter. All right? Everybody has a one church shirt on uh, that uh, is doing this. All right? Uh, children. Man, we got so many kids. We have 100, 120 kids sometimes on Sunday mornings. In fact, our preschool class last week during the 1030 hour had 27 kids. How I many of y'all want to be a preschool worker, right? All right, all right. Thank you, Nick. All right? But really, we need help. We need to split up some of those classrooms because that's just too big. We want to have such great care for your children. So I, I, if, if children, that's a great and a huge need. Circle that. And Ashley is going to be out there. She can talk with you, but she'll also email you or call you on the phone this week. Student ministry. Greg Walker does all of our student ministry. And uh, he has a One Church shirt on. He's going to be out there. If you want to be involved in our One Element student ministry, you can check that and Greg will contact you. Set up and tear down team. All right? If you want to be involved with the setup and teardown team, uh, check that, and someone will be in contact with you. All right, but this doesn't just set up by itself or tear down by itself. Connect ministry. Let me explain what that is. How many of y'all this you've been here? You've been here more than one time, and you got an email saying thanks for coming or a card. If that happened, it wasn't because of me. All right, 
It was because of a great team of people on the Connect ministry. Mike Nelson, uh, the dude who plays Animal on the drums during the week, um, he does that, and he's going to be out there, and you can be able to contact Mike. But, I mean, this, some of this stuff you can do during the week from your computer, all right? While you're looking at YouTube, oh, I'm going to contact this person, all right? So, I mean, it's a, it's a no-brainer. But what I'm asking is for 100 people to sign up to get involved. Will you do that with me? Because if you don't, I know now where you live. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Kind of. All right. Anyway, uh, here's what we're going to do. As, as I continue to talk and you pick your top two choices, all right, um, the offering people are getting ready to come around, and they're going to be taking the offering and uh, is receiving the offering. And as the offering bucket comes around, just drop that in there, all right? And if you didn't sign up for it, uh, uh, you know, to be involved, that's fine. We still love you, and we still hope for you to come back. Um, but I would encourage you to sign up for two and drop it in there. Um, as the offering buckets are coming around, I want to introduce Brooke in uh, uh, the God's Girls team. Brooke ended up writing a song for God's Girls, and they're going to be performing it for you while the offerings take place. So y'all give them a hand. Haven't they done a good job? Now, can I dance with y'all now? 